You know, the great thing about this show is it's unscripted. It's a very loose format, few bullet points, and we go where the wind takes us in the conversation. It's, uh, I think only then is it truly authentic. It's, you know, that's when you get comfortable with somebody and you start having jokes and, you know, talking about deep issues and songwriting. And, you know, I, I was initially hired to interview two big rock stars and I found that they said the same things that they said in previous interviews. And in one case, the guy had been saying the same shit for 60 years because he hadn't been active in the music scene for that long. And I wanted to really interview people that have their finger on the pulse in today's musical climate, who know what's going on, who are actively releasing songs, writing songs, you know, distributing content. And there's no better guest to talk about that than The Dales, you know, headed by Drew Lawrence, acclaimed songwriter, with longtime friend Preston Pope, Jacqueline Tozy. Their harmonies, their songwriting, their material they've released with the sophomore album, Easy Times, is remarkable. Being able to have a conversation with somebody that you're a complete fan of, there's no nothing better because you know the material and you get to really, you know, meet the person who lived these songs. And I've had a crazy life, man. So, you know, I used their album Marie, their first album, to get through some hard times. And we talk about that and a million other things. And it's just a beautiful conversation with some beautiful people. So we got to sit inside the Ivar Theater in Hollywood, California on a crazy day. Kobe Bryant had died that morning. And, you know, it was tragic, sad. And to have the afternoon to be able to talk with them uh, lifted my spirits back up. And that's what their music does, you know. And it aims to do. It lifts you back up. It makes you feel better. You know, we use music uh, in times of sadness. We always have that track we go to or if we want to feel good or partying or, you know, we always have the music to accompany that emotion. And that's, you know, the true organics of music is, you know, being able to relate, you know. And this group is so real in sharing their experience, their strength, their hope, their sadness, their happiness. And, you know, a lifelong fan in me they found. So... Uh, without further ado, I will shut up. And ladies and gentlemen, the Dales. Let's go. Baby, where have you been? It's been cold in California, and I'm is waiting for me to come back home. Feel it in my soul. Sunday, January 26th, Hollywood, California. We're at the Ivar Theater with the Dales. Drew, Jackie Preston, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah we're our pleasure. to be here. Easy Times, it's the new record. Um, I love it. I've had it on right. constant repeat. I commute from Hermosa Beach to Hollywood and it's just constantly going it's so refreshing uh when i hear i mean the reason i wanted to do this so importantly with you guys is just because i'm such a big fan um especially from the songwriting to the first album marie to this new project i mean everybody's such a critic on sophomore albums but i mean you guys hit a home run with this i like the the amount of songs you put on it i love that there's the incredible harmonies that you know are the same as the Eagles or Crosby, Stills, Nash. Um, and Jackie has a track where she sings by herself. Drew, you have a track by yourself? Uh, yeah. Kind we're of. kind of always all singing you know, <laughs> together. But yeah, yeah we, we do feature each singer in the, in the, in the new set. What's the inspiration behind this, re- this record other than loving music? Well, it's actually an interesting segue from the sad news today. Um, that, I mean, I, I signed up for CNN, Five Things You Need to Know, and I can't even look at it anymore. I mean, the news is awful all the time, every day. And I, you know, our first album was about loss and, and healing and, and going through hard times. And I, I wanted this direction to be just like maybe a reprieve, just a moment where we can all just kind of feel good. And I feel like today more than ever we need a few moments a day to just feel good and to maybe take our mind off of all the uh, the headlines. Um, 
So I, I feel like there's a, a way that music can do that sometimes, as well as comedy. And, you know, I mean, we, we, we need a break from it sometimes. You look to music when you're sad, um, when you're happy, when you want to feel good. Um, you know, that's what that album even brought me on the two-hour drive up here. I was just, I felt good about it. And then, you know, kind of getting a an idea of the songs, even the, the first song, Easy Times, it's called, mm-hmm. correct, the first track? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's fun. It's a nice, just good, pure Americana. Would you describe it as folk music that you guys do? Not so much rock? I sometimes feel like folk is, is not far off base. Yeah, I mean, we've been, we just play the Troubadour with the full band. We, we did a, when we're playing as a trio, it feels a little more like folk <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's just, you know, there's no drums and rhythm section and whatnot, but um, I felt a little more rock at the Troubadour. Oh, yeah, know? definitely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, like Americana, folk, rock. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Don't encapsulate anything ever. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, especially in this day and age, it seems like every artist is just depressed and everybody, it's almost <laughs> like an attention grabber where we can just be depressed and everyone will relate. And, you know, where's the people that are happy and are making changes and, you know, going through things and what's, you know, on the other side? Let's write about that, you know, the, the new discoveries in life. Or, yeah. Well, I, I want to um, give Debbie some credit, our manager. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. Uh, yeah. You're going to bring that up? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Well, I just <laughs> like we were saying earlier, the first record was uh, made. I loved do, loved making that record. Loved all the songs on it. Marie, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of like heavy. Oh sure. Content in there, and uh, I think our WR manager made a comment once. Was like, no more doom and gloom or something. She's got blunt. She's a Jersey yeah. girl, much yeah. like Jackie. Much here. like Jackie. Yeah. Well, I she love kind her. of calls it how she sees it. <laughs> <laughs> No more doom and gloom. And then, so Drew, uh, I think the next thing that Drew showed me was the was Easy Times, mm-hmm. and that kind of just set the whole tone for that that EP. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like a just a departure from, not to take away from that the first record, but you know, something lighter and <laughs> looking forward instead of backwards. Yeah. Let's get a little bio of the Dales. Do you guys know what a Dale is? Well, a dale is like a very large valley, right? <laughs> it is. is that what I had to look it, it up. Is, yeah. I had to look it up. Yeah, yeah. I have, you know, you know Chippendales and Dick Dale, which is a great <laughs> surf songwriter. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to know this morning, what the fuck is a dale? That's yeah. a good question. And, uh, it's an open valley. You hit it right on the head. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of it's synonymous with what you guys, a songwriter would be, you know. Trying to yeah. find that middle, man, that balance, <laughs> you know, between the peaks and the, and the low spots. Drew, I want to talk about some of your songwriting credits later, but you and Preston are kind of uh, old chums. You've been in a lot of bands together, songwriting projects. How did this all come to be? Well, Where did you guys meet at? Here in Hollywood? Um, yeah. Or Los Angeles? Well, we so always what, know how long we've been ago? working yeah. together yeah. because my, my 12-year-old son is the uh, indicator. I think we, yeah. we were... Sarah and I were pregnant with Grady when, when we met, right? Yeah, I think our first show was when I first met Sarah, and she was like Massive. 12 months pregnant yeah. and not happy to be Not happy about it. Yeah. the show. <laughs> she was very pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> That's why Grady's so big. Yeah, he's he's staying yeah. stay in the incubator too long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we had a, a band that we... Uh, I, was, I was mixing for a guy who was producing your... Uh, I was doing a solo album um, and I, I had met this producer just through a mutual friend and then he uh, he was he, he was uh, get, kind of getting into the solo album and then he mentioned you and he mentioned starting a band and so we had a different band and, and it was a bit of a prog rock like yeah. piano uh, <laughs> musey type mu- muse yeah. meets like I don't know Mozart and uh, <laughs> Lots of whiny vocals. <laughs> and you're a product of Berkeley Music School, correct? Right, yeah. And that actually, that's a good segue, too, is that our first project, um, um, it was very much a music school type band that um, we had a lot of fun yeah. playing, but it didn't really resonate with, uh, with the masses. No. <laughs> it's a little bit of We sure had a good time with it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you born and raised in L.A., Preston? Uh, Chico, California. Chico California. and Jackie are from uh, New Jersey. Born out here, um, moved when I when I was three months old. Um, but yeah, Jersey, raised Jersey. Same. How was that transition at three months old? Was it hard? It was to very get? tough. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> traumatic. Very traumatic. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, huge fan. Oh yeah, I mean. Met him before. 
Oh yeah, he's really? he's a he's a buddy of the families. He's a friend of the family. I heard he works out at like a nine dollar Planet Fitness. Uh, Does I, I don't Jersey. know that. Yeah, but he's just, he's in this like little rinky-dink gym. Oh, he's on the treadmill every Saturday. He's that cool. <laughs> That's how cool he is. He's yeah, the boss. Definitely some deep roots with Bruce. Love him. <laughs> God, we all love the boss. Yeah. I mean, yeah. His book maybe is like one of the best things I've read in years. It's great. God, that's on my list. Yeah, gotta, gotta read that. I know, I know. I've heard audiobook. I'll go audiobook. I have a confession. The song in Jerry Maguire, Secret Garden, oh. It's, oh. you get teary eyed when you hear it. It's very, it's an amazing track. Mm-hmm. Um, so you and Preston have been friends. You're working together, you're writing songs. Um, how does the Dales kind of come to be? The name project? Was it was just you two writing initially? Do you remember like where? Like the first time Dale was called Dale, like what was the, uh, I mean, it had to have happened. (laughs) You do? Well, yeah, Drew has this, um, Appalachian, like side of him that comes out. Is it Appalachian? Appalachian, yeah. 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 After a few, uh, beverages. So, yeah. We would call him like, oh, we, oh God, Dale's here. Alter ego. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, but then, so, so his alter ego was Dale. And then um, yeah. we all kind of have our, we all have a Dale yeah. in us. So it's kind of. I've seen both of your Dales come Oh, out. yeah. yeah. <laughs> a few Dales. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's truly romantic. Yeah, I mean, is. my wife is uh, on multiple uh, occasions requested that Dale not not show up <laughs> to an event so they, uh, please don't bring Dale out tonight <laughs> so. what's this Appalachian side of you do drink homemade liquor I mean it's it's Coors Light well, he so grew up in the woods yeah. he's like uh, yeah. Coors Light what did you used to do when you were younger gravel pit terrible I shut my Dale off 14 years ago hopefully for good yeah. yes, yeah. yes or 14 months ago I'm sorry yeah and, uh, I was gonna say I, that Dale was <laughs> That was, a, that was a powerful Dale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> powerful Dale. Yeah, it's best. It's best to keep your Dale in check, yeah. really. <laughs> so the first album, Marie. What was one of the first tr- tracks you guys wrote on that together? Um, well, "Still the Love" was the, the first track for that album. Yeah, the, and that got no. national press. I saw that even before I knew you guys because mm-hmm. uh, an old band member, Kyle. Kyle, yeah, yeah. his. Uh, girlfriend had died of cancer right mm-hmm. and then um, he used to play bass for you guys and that was um, the inspiration behind that song and then you wrote that well he actually wrote the words um, okay. he he sent it to me in the form of a poem and I uh, I was pretty moved by it and and so I I, uh, I went to the piano and just wrote a melody and chords to it and sent it to him and the whole thing happened in like 30 minutes and uh I sent it back to him, and and he was, he was, he was pretty floored, and and that 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 got the attention of uh, the producer uh, Jerry Streeter, who he's worked with the Lumineers, Lumineers and yeah. Brandy Carlisle, and and he uh, signed on to do our first album, so that kind of started everything, mm-hmm. and that was uh, back in 2016, so about four years ago. Yeah, I saw a lot of um, posts about that, and it was was it placed in anything too? Still the love or something? I don't I believe I saw we had it in a, a film. It's a perfect song for so many uh, scenes in a film. Yeah. Well, if you know a film that wants to <laughs> place it, let's <laughs> know. We'll, we'll cast it. No, but it was it, it was put in something online. I mean, right? Wasn't there a big yeah? I kind of remember something. It got featured in Stand Up to Cancer, um, right, yeah. On their site. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's global. So yeah, um, it, we we definitely got some some uh, uh, exposure yeah. yeah did you guys you're with paradigm right now yeah. and that's yeah. debbie she's a uh, your manager at paradigm so wills pros our management that's debbie and, okay. and uh, yeah. debbie wilson and doug shaw and then uh we're with paradigm for for booking their agent what's what's the process i mean we were talking about, you guys are so nice to come down and play my who's your mosa festival in hermosa beach which is that was fun <laughs> brings musicians from indiana university out here to kind of essentially just have a gig when they first get here and kind of have some exposure and have something to put on social media. Um, and you guys headlined that for me in 2016, 15, mm-hmm. which was amazing. 
But what's the process of getting going for people that, you know, are in music school down the street or, you know, people that are listening that are songwriters and just don't know how to, what, what's some advice you could give, I guess? Create. Just content, content. Content, content, content. And if you really want to do something, then you're diligent about it. I mean, that's, and I don't have as much experience as these two, but for me, it's always been create it doesn't matter how small I think that if your brain is in that mindset constantly then you're training yourself to be more diligent and you're just you're you're making things and your brain is working in that capacity and I think that's I mean that's what I first thought of yeah well I think uh, teamwork too is huge like when when you find three people that are all hungry and willing to put in the time Mm -hmm. uh, and willing to show up every day and treat it like a job I mean, treat it like, hey, you know, this is uh, this is what we want to do. It, you know, the shows are fun, but that's only a small percentage of the time that goes into getting together and working. And, and I mean, everything from like the logistics of planning tours and uh, to, to writing new material mm-hmm. to uh, creating videos to recordings. I mean, there's so much time behind the scenes that's put in. Um, and I think when, when you can multiply that by three people that are hungry for it and mm-hmm. excited to do it every day. Yeah. That, that to me is, is great. Now, now to somebody who's just starting out and maybe they're on their own and they don't have a team yet, I, I would say uh, it, it really, it still goes back to teamwork. Um, start booking shows and, and call every person you've ever met mm-hmm. and, and, and get those friends out. And <clears throat> learn to be uh, humble and big. <laughs> humble and big, yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, I'm seriously, it's, it's persistence, man, mm-hmm. I mean. And it's it's sometimes uncomfortable. Like you're just like crawling up, crawl. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're just like you're really really chasing people. Like man, please come to the show, and you're begging. Right. And I think the first time that we started having fans come out that we didn't know, we were shocked. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, wait a minute, we don't even know you. <laughs> you're not family. There was a, I, can't what, I can't remember what show it was, but we got off stage, and Drew's like, "Did you did you know those people?" Like, no, I thought you knew those people. Anything creative, it's so hard to put it out there because it's, I think for people starting off and even maybe even people like Dave Matthews caliber, because you're getting judged and it's your art and it's not right to be judged like that. But even in the record industry, it's just yes or no. And it's kind of like, you're either good, you suck. I mean, how, I could never do what you guys do from any level. It's just, you know, these are personal things and, you know, you put it out there and then it's like, I'd be ripped apart if I got one bad YouTube mm. comment. Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> well, I feel like once you start getting the bad YouTube comments, you're that's good you're stuff. On the rise. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's that. when you know you're going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. The first hater is like, oh my god, we made it. Sad, but it's kind of exciting. You know, in in that vein, uh, Drew, the the songwriter for a living, and um, I know like how many sessions were you doing a week? Oh God! Like at least five, you know, four to five sessions a week. So you're like writing two hundred songs, songs a year, a week yeah. That like nobody will hear. Nobody ever hears, yeah. Except That's for like your buddy Preston. Yeah, right. you've heard <laughs> a few of them. You yeah. mentioned you wrote that song in thirty minutes. Um, Still the love. Mm-hmm. Is that a lot of great people? My one of my favorite songwriters is Billy Corgan. He's oh, some yeah. of his greatest songs were written in 10 minutes, he says. Yeah, yeah. Is that kind of the formula for just getting it done right away, but then you don't know how great it is, or is that just how it works sometimes? Well, kind of, you know, segueing from what Preston was just saying, when you have to force it, when you're sitting there for four or five hours to try to, like, force a song out, um, there's a chance that maybe it's not inspired. Um, (laughs) And I I feel like it it should be pretty painless when it's, you know, the better songs just kind of sit seem to come out you know and um we recently had that experience we've had that experience uh, three of us yeah with uh with burning sky and and also with how many we're talking about songs on our future album we're we're gonna we're gonna release another album uh probably the first single maybe in september but we've already written like half of it um amazing and it's, it's fun because uh yeah we're the songs that uh we're excited about happened really quick yeah um it's not to say that a good song sometimes needs a little more TLC and a little more caressing but uh yeah I think that that's that's the thing that I love about the Dales music versus like all the time I did songwriting with pop artists is that 
it's never been because I felt like I had to sit there for five hours. It's been because it was like a natural inspiration. Mm -hmm. I'm interested about that. Um, Your background is a songwriter. You've wrote for Christina Perry. What was the big smash hit you wrote? uh, Uh, Jar of Hearts. Jar of Hearts. Um, Co-wrote. It was Christina's Backstreet Boys. Wasn't that another one? Yeah, I've written with the Backstreet. (laughs) I actually had a little run there with. uh, Aging boy bands. Um, <laughs> I had a my first concert I ever went to was New Kids on the Block. Oh, uh, me and my best dream. friend and <laughs> and our moms and his mom fell asleep actually, but uh, <laughs> the Kingdom in Seattle and 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 uh, I worked with Jordan from New Kids uh, a couple years ago and I didn't bring that up, but it was uh, it was funny. It was also the, the, the a month after working with the Backstreet Boys and. And there's a there's another group called Westlife that was huge in the UK, um, and I, I did this uh, solo album. I worked on a, a few songs uh, with Shane Fillin from that group. So What's I seem to be like the songwriter for forty year old boy bands. <laughs> 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 What's the process of that? Does the label contact you or their manager, and they said, you know, we like what you did with Christina Perry or whoever, and we want you to write on this album um, so they can lip sync to it. And <laughs> what, how does that work? Who well, I mean, you, you know, is there it, keywords this, for the song or this, some idea? This business is is super based on hype, you know. So if you have a hit song, you got you got about a couple of years where everybody wants to work with you, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's just how it works. And then if you have another one, then you can prolong that and and keep it going. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm signed to Warner Chapel, so and I had a manager. So you know, in those early days, they would set up the sessions, but. Yeah, if you have a hit song, you get a few years to you get what your 15 minutes. What was your first song that you wrote that had notoriety to it and really kind of brought you to the next level? Oh man, when I was getting when I was in my 20s, I noticed a few of my friends were starting to to get cuts, and they were they were writing for uh, at the time some Disney artists, Hannah Montana and Hannah mm-hmm. Harris, and they they were and I and I was uh, trying to trying to you know still still make it as an artist I was like oh crap you know maybe this is like a a good way to make a living in this business and so yeah my first uh cut was with an artist on on Sony Mandy Perkins who we actually they have all everything's happening to her we did with her years later but um anyways uh it wasn't happening there was like one person in Portland (laughs) but everything is happening to her did not have a lot of tickets sold Uh, But anyways, that yeah, that was my first cut. She was signed to Sony. I made enough money to take my wife out to dinner from that royalty check. And, uh, <laughs> that was my first taste of success. <laughs> but the, but it was on a CD at the at, you know in Best Buy at the store, and it was kind of cool to see see something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you know in your high school years or whenever you started? Did you start on piano? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I started playing piano when I was a. That's the best instrument. Piano prodigy. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's the instrument I tell everyone to start on. Everyone wants to play guitar, but the piano, I think, is easier because it's all in front of you. Well, see, the piano is built for humans, unlike the guitar. (laughs) (laughs) The piano, like, the the keys are, like, the size of your fingers, and the guitar, you're just like... You can't. (laughs) (laughs) keyboard around your back. The 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 guitar is way more rock and roll. But you have to twist your hand into a pretzel to play the thing. Yeah. So then you just fall in love with this. You're very talented, obviously. And then you get into Berkeley audition. So, you know, what's interesting. Uh, we'll talk about David Page here for a second. And when yeah. I was when I was 12 years old, um, I was in a keyboard competition with Yamaha keyboards. And um, I went through the, the local level and through the regional level and made it to the nationals. And I played Rosanna mm-hmm. by Toto. <laughs> 12 years old in a tuxedo, they, they, Yamaha flew my family down to LA and Disneyland and the whole thing. And um, so David Page from Toto wrote that song and we played the Troubadour uh, last week mm-hmm. and David Page came to our show. Oh wow. And I got a picture taken with him. I saw that him. on Instagram, yeah. Right. That's cool. And he wrote, yeah, cool. he wrote Africa and, and, and uh, Rosanna and so it was pretty cool. Uh, Cool story, cool change of events there, turn of events. That's, uh, yeah, the coolest things happen when... Pretty random. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's surreal. Jackie, what was your start in music, singing? Um, Ever since you were a kid, or were you you 22 in the shower and realized this sounds good? (laughs) (laughs) No, I was five. I remember actually distinctly a moment when I was five years old, I was standing on our kitchen table 
<coughs> excuse me, and my parents' friends had come over, and I was singing Sheryl Crow, um, Santa Monica Boulevard. Is that the song? That's how young you are, because Preston, <laughs> Preston and I were already in college. Like, <laughs> What's the name of that song? I think it's, yes. all I want to do is have some fun. Yep. I sang that, I remember being five, and my mom, and looking down at my mom and my dad, and they were so captivated. Like they this, still are. They, they're they still, are. they're my biggest fans. Um, but I remember thinking, oh, the only thing I wanted to do when I was little was perform. It, that's it, you know, acting, singing. Um, but really, my singing career started four months ago. <laughs> <You know? laughs> started four months ago. Um, this is the only band I've ever been in. That's amazing. How yeah. did you come in contact with these two gentlemen? Oh, God, that's a fun well, story. Well, Go that's a good it. one. Um, that's a good one. I was uh, in Mammoth at a hot spring mm -hmm. with one of my girlfriends and her father. And Drew and his friend were there. And uh, at the time, his friend was not with his wife. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They were not together. They yeah. were whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and his friend was maybe trying to hit on me, I think. Uh, he was. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, but we got to talking, and we have a mutual friend in music, Tor Miller, a musician, that you had done a writing session with. Mm -hmm. And your friend Danny was like, oh, well, if you want to get into music, you got to know Drew. You got to know Drew. And we didn't have our phones on us or anything, so... You're paying him to be your hype man? <laughs> I wasn't paying Danny anything. Danny was just trying to work the girls, man. Yeah. So we didn't have our phones or anything, and he said, well, my email is Drew Lawrence, whatever it is, at Gmail. Mm -hmm. And I put that in my head, and I was like, remember that, remember that, remember that. And then two years later, oh, wow. I grew the cojones, and I emailed him. <laughs> And so eight, two years later, two years later, and then oh eight gosh. months after that, well, he emails me back. That was like a big, he didn't respond right away. He was a big prick. time. I didn't yeah. respond at all. Yeah, and then eight months after that, he was with Danny, and he was we were like, driving oh, back to Mammoth, and I thought about the, the hot springs, and I was like, oh my god, we got to reach out. We so. that, oh that girl, she emailed me, and yeah, we huh. got in touch, and I met up with him just to hang out, right? See if we had like chemistry, and it was it was immediate. Yeah. Right. It was hundred percent. It was awesome. Yeah. And then here we are. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love stories like that. Well, you know, we, we had uh, a dear friend of ours was a, was a singer with the Dales for the first uh, three years. and, and um, Carrie yeah. Turner. Yeah. And she, she, she moved on. Um, and and I, I, we could kind of sense that maybe she was, she was about to depart. And I, I told Jackie, I was like, would you ever have any interest mm -hmm. in being in a band that tours all over the country and hardly makes any money. And, you know, I was and, like, yes, absolutely. And she's like, oh my God, that's my dream. And I was like, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, right. and, uh, and sure enough, um, uh, Carrie did leave and then uh, the, the position opened up and we, well, we just- threw her in the deep end and- Threw her in the deep end. Ooh. Yeah, it was like four yeah, weeks before a tour. She can sing harmonies and- Yeah, yeah. That's not a, that wasn't a guarantee. No, no, it wasn't. That was like two and a half weeks of learning like 13 14, songs, 13 songs. Yeah. And then had, going on tour. We had four weeks to get ready for tour. Three-part harmony band, when you replace a singer, it's kind of a big deal. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's a lot. It's a big shoes to fill. And she yeah. just she just jumped right in. Well, it yeah, awesome. it sounds amazing, um, the latest record. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Preston, what uh, are some of your influences for guitar? I mean, because I've seen you rip some nasty solos mm. and you uh, play acoustic mostly, but I mean, uh, you're obviously extremely talented. Well, I was a big uh, Def Leppard fan. <laughs> <laughs> big 80s, like, well, I'm a, I'm a big, um, a huge Beach Boys, Brian Wilson. Oh, fan, yeah. So, like, that's kind of this band. I mean, Drew and I have had numerous bands through the years, but this is the first one that, like, really kind of resonates on that like harmony level, oh, yeah. the vocal harmony. So I love that. But as far as guitar goes, I mean, like Joe Satriani, just like the really cheese ball. Slash. Yeah, <laughs> stuff I don't admit to liking, but I guess I'm admitting it right now. But um, that was kind of what I came through. But I, I was really into um, Def Leppard through like the production of it, like Mutt Lang, like the, the real intricate, no, I'm a recording engineer too, so like I really got into that. Um, kind of obsession, but it's kind of nice. So I did that a lot, and actually, uh, when I moved down to LA, I got uh, lucked into a job working for the drummer for Def Lovers. That's kind of like a- We've had these weird, funny, yeah. yeah. Weird, so then you uh, end up working- Yeah, for years. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of cool, you know, I was really in that 
that world of like intricate production and then to kind of be in the Dales now, which is kind of like this, not the opposite of that, but it's, there's a lot more just um, vibe and kind of just like letting it rip or like we'll record our vocals all at the same time and kind of warts yeah. and all, you know? So it's kind of, that's, it's been uncomfortable for me and sometimes like when we're doing Marie, mm-hmm. There were a lot of times where I was like, oh, I need to fix that. Like, can we tune my vocal on that? It was, <laughs> I was very uh, self-conscious about that, but actually it's, it's really nice to go back and listen to that record um, and kind of have those parts in there. It's just, it's like part of the, the sound of that record. We've Which, had a lot of serendipitous moments in this band, like really too many to, to believe. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you ended up working with Def Leppard and yeah. they're your biggest influence and yeah. the David Page thing. And then also, um, Mammoth. One time I was driving up to Mammoth a few years back and I just randomly had this local station on and this before the Dale started and it was a Brandy Carlisle song called The Eye that was playing and I was blown away. Now I actually went to high school with Brandy. Um, we didn't know each other. She's a couple years behind me, but um, I didn't even know it was her because that particular song is three part harmony and it's just gorgeous. It's a brilliant song. And I, I had this thought, I was like, I want a band that sings, like I want a three-part harmony band. Like that for me was my big inspiration to wanting to do this kind of, this, this group. And um, so what's serendipitous about that, besides the fact that I didn't know it was Brandy Carlisle um, and that we grew up in the same town and everything, but uh, a year later, we were up in Washington State at Bear Creek Studios where she recorded that song oh, with the wow. same producer. and. Um, we lived in a barn for two weeks and uh, and did our album up there. But so crazy, it went from that like that that moment, kind of driving through the desert and hearing that song, to us actually working with the same people in the same building yeah. as that song is recorded. <laughs> what what are some other groups that are three part harmonies that I, I wouldn't know? But like, for instance, well, In Sync, Kenneth the Boy Band. <laughs> That's the only boy band I haven't worked with. Right? There's still time. Um, There's still time. The reunion tour. Well, we get. I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of like Crosby, Stills, Nash. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Paul Young. And, um, Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Mac. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And those were all three part harmonies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. What's your favorite Beach Boys album? Pet I sounds. mean, probably. Yeah, probably Pet Sounds. Oh, and that was recorded at That's Sunset right, yeah. Sound yeah. too. Wow. Um, I mean, I was obsessed you know when the the anthology or whatever like the big i bought that for my father yeah had all this the 50th and like anniversary had, or something right and had like all the um, outtakes and stuff and i just like sat there and just cd after cd after cd and listening to these like yeah you know, i think 15 it's ba- second sections and then they start them over and go and like it was just I think if Beethoven was alive, he would say, God Only Knows is a great pop Ah, song. (laughs) I think he would definitely, like, yep, that's a great song. (laughs) It's incredible. Their whole story, too, and just uh, a lot of tragedy and trauma. And I've read pieces on them, but especially with Brian, who actually uh, has a house in Chicago. But did you guys see the movie that John Cusack did, Love and Mercy? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, Paul Dano plays a younger yeah, yeah. version of him, and uh, John Cusack is the older Brian Wilson. And um, you know, I think that was pretty accurate. But just uh, showed the kind of their rise and how abusive their father was, and um, the therapist, Doctor Gene Haiti, or something that really took advantage of and just kind of abused um, Brian Wilson later in his life, mm-hmm. and had like him sign over 50% of his royalties and um, yeah, it's a crazy story. But I think just from all that trauma too, early on in life really gave Brian, um, you know, a lot of material to work with. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, you know, they didn't surf. They were, yeah. you know, they were all, that was all just management and the yep. dad that kind of made them into these, um, you know, they were like a pop group initially from the start and then it was all fake, you know, yeah. and then Brian really started getting into songwriting and stuff and their dad was, abusive to them. Um, they're from Hawthorne, right down the street. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, Brian lived in the green store in a little shitty apartment in Hermosa Beach for a couple years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'm fascinated by them as well. Mm. Are you down in Hermosa? Yeah, I live in Hermosa for the last year, and I'm usually Chicago, and then I was in San Francisco, and 
Um, I can't be in the Hollywood scene. You mentioned you lived up here for a few years. Oh, yeah. I lived in Hollywood for 10 years. It mm. just yeah. grinds you down. The traffic, yeah. the homeless problem. Mm. The, But then also I love being here. You know, we just walked outside for a second. It's like we're next to Sound yeah. Factory, which is Mark Ronson's studio. And then across the street this way, it's some other epic legend place. And it's like there's just so much energy and craziness that it's, right. it's exciting it's like vegas too. oh yeah, yeah. these old beautiful, beautiful theaters theater. that just have a lot of history nirvana to them. did their cd release for whatever what was their first album nirvana never mind never, right. never mind they did yeah. that here well that was, was the first oh no there was Ble- another Ble- one before that there bleach? was no there was another one bleach bleach yeah, yeah that's right whatever their first album was they uh did that here and did no mm-hmm. release and this holds 250 and it's just uh you know, we're talking about the Ace Theater and just all these cool places that have so much history. Mm-hmm. In them. You yeah. know, in Sunset Sound, where we do this uh, series half the time, it's, you know, Purple Rain, Stairway to Heaven was recorded mm. in there. Yeah. It still looks like 1972. The desk is still the same, that A1A, that. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure, Preston. Yeah. But, um, you know, Prince's vocal booth is purple, and it's they never changed it again. Yeah. He would always come back and do his Grammy party there in Studio 3. So cool. Um, That's incredible. You guys are obviously, so history, I'd yeah. imagine, big Prince fans. Oh, yeah, Massive. of course. Oh, yeah. Is he a big influence on you early on, playing piano and writing songs? Uh, I've always just respected his songwriting, and, and uh, he's, he's influenced mm-hmm. me to try to keep working on my falsetto. And, <laughs> <laughs> and performance, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just did everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess he was so hands-on, just from the choreography to, and you couldn't do any drugs, and um, you couldn't even smoke cigarettes in Paisley Park in Minnesota. Really? In a studio, yeah. Oh, okay. Strictly, yeah. he'd call you at three in the morning, come over, I'm doing a session now. You could yeah. be there for like twelve hours, but like, there's stories that you couldn't even smoke cigarettes there. Obviously, no alcohol at all. Yeah. Those Chappelle stories, the skits, are, oh, yeah. <laughs> those are actually real. Yeah. Like that's how it was. That's how crazy it is, and uh, you know, artists. But that's somebody I'd love to see in the studio, just to see them create. To witness you know? it, yeah. Especially yeah. in the, earlier on when he was doing Purple Rain and that stuff. And I mean, it's just it's hard to comprehend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the first uh, female vocalist you love? Stevie Nicks. Were you kind of? Oh, I mean, you like when my aunt, who is a big fan of the Dales, said, "Aunt you Ronnie, my, aunt when Ronnie. Aunt Ronnie, yeah, aunt Ronnie, aunt Ronnie, we love Aunt Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> aunt Ronnie. I mean, she was, you know, this is my aunt. She's." bias but she was like you look like stevie nicks up there i i almost lost my mind a little bit i mean i love stevie um i don't know i'd, I'd actually really have to think about that but to be compared to ha- not be compared by my aunt who loves me so much <laughs> i'll make that very clear but yes um i mean i've fleetwood mac is one of my favorite bands ever um yeah, I'd have to think more about who. Did you like, like, a, the, like R&B and hip hop in high school and J Lo? How did you? Because everybody did. Oh, I mean, like Sade, mm-hmm. uh, Erica Badu, those women are like. Lauren Hill's coming out with a new album, isn't she? Really? That's what I just heard or read. She's on the D'Angelo plan, huh? Every fourteen years. D'Angelo's playing at the Roots Jam <laughs> last really? night. Is yeah. really? <laughs> That's great. D'Angelo's playing piano at the Roots Jam last night, the Grammy party. Wow. These Grammy parties are so fun because you see, like, Flea was standing, you know, a few mm. people over, and she's by himself, just kind of bobbing <laughs> in the music, and, um, yeah, I, it's an exciting time in music. The Grammys are tonight, and mm. um, how, how do you guys feel about award shows? I mean, it'd be nice to win like a Grammy. To, uh, like to be on be, one someday. It would be lovely. <laughs> it would be lovely. I mean, other than just the exposure, and, I mean, you're being recognized by your peers but it's so it's doesn't mean anything when it comes to music i feel how do you get what are you guys th- thoughts i get i mean i imagine winning I'd a like Grammy to have is one. unbelievable <laughs> but yeah. i feel like i got like even our troubadour show that yeah. feeling that you get when you're at a really special venue and you're with your everybody that loves you mm-hmm. and uh, you've got this whole crew that feeling is I imagine that's it's something success cool, you right know. there. Yeah, yeah, that's just there's nothing that's better. Kind of what what keeps us going really is is just like you know when, when we connect with people and especially in these early days. Even mm-hmm. though we've been doing this for four years, it still mm-hmm. feels like early days. Um, you know, uh, when we connect with people in, in different cities, uh, that that's what keeps us going and 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 seeing that their their joy and their excitement from you know being at the show and yeah. and. Uh, 
you know, in, in today's day and age where everything's about hype and you can buy 100,000 Spotify plays if you have enough money and yeah. record, record deals now are, 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 are all based on like analytics. Mm. I mean, I sat in my car playing our Easy Time CP for a VP of a record label in Nashville and he really loved it and he knew he couldn't sign us because of our Spotify place. <laughs> I mean, it's just so, yeah. it's so crazy. I mean, that, that's, that's the, the current climate we're in. So being able to get it back to just like grassroots, the grassroots and the people yeah. and, and, the, and the live shows and meeting those, those people that are enjoying the, the show, like to, that's like, that's the only reason we do this it. This album really. reflects kind of that too, you know, it's just, there's no crazy, you know, production going on or 20 people in the band or it took five <laughs> years to make and yeah. it's just good, great songwriting and music and sound and I mean, I can't wait for you guys to perform here in a little bit because it's, I'm going to give my own little private concert. But, <laughs> we um, like performing. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I was talking to Johnny Radelet from Gary Clark Jr.'s band and, um, a week before their Red Rock show, they were just on a world tour and they came back and he uh, got diagnosed with cancer. Um, and he was shocked. He was like, am I gonna have to leave the band? Um, what's gonna happen? Is someone gonna take my job? He's been Gary's drummer for eight years, but he didn't know, you know, he was getting pain and all this stuff and had to go into emergency surgery. Um, and his favorite venue is Red Rocks. And he actually, <sighs> against doctor's orders went to the show and mm. played that show and i was there for it and um you know red rocks is just amazing oh and, yeah but he said exactly what jackie just said that you know that was one of the greatest moments to be able to overcome this and go there and it was the weather was insane that night it was like 40 mile an hour winds wow. and um you know just being so grateful that he got to do this and when you have these huge you know maybe death in a family or scares it just puts everything in perspective right uh, mm. you know the grammys that's not going to mean anything in 10 years to whoever wins you know album of the year tonight but those moments that you carry in your own right. personal head and heart i mean that's the true success and what you're doing through life that's um, why you're doing yeah. it i mean yeah a grammy would be great but <laughs> i yeah if i'm honestly speaking i those playing those shows and having those moments are that's what oh man there's just if you love performing, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, we, we have this uh, super fan up in Sacramento, Kelsey, mm -hmm. and she uh, we played my hometown Chico, kind of like, it's like weird like brunch show. <laughs> it was a ton of fun, but it, it was that brunch. Dale's for and, brunch. Uh, these uh, we played two sets, and this girl, I'm like oh, from the stage, I'm like oh, that's a cute girl. And she, and I'm like oh she's still here for the second set, like. It, she understands we're playing the same songs. <laughs> and uh, we we met her afterwards, and I guess she had seen us the year before. Oh yeah, the big for, room, I think for Mark or something. Yeah, or, yeah. On tour with Mark. And um, and so we we hung out with her, and we exchanged numbers, and then she uh, they flew down to the Troubadour show, and like just seeing like so they were right up front, and she was singing along to the songs that she knew, and like that like just that memory. Mm -hmm. Yeah is that's like priceless too just like getting to see like the joy of a you know someone who's enjoying this mm -hmm. this uh art that you've kind of murdered yourself to, to put together <laughs> yeah like that's just it's just it's your creation it's really nice. i was telling you guys about my cycle gods t-shirt company that's you know about change and um, taking control of your life and how gods control all and you know if something's not working you know stand up make a change, get out of bed at 30, 40, 50 years of old of age and say, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but every time I see someone post on Instagram or Facebook and, you know, there's people in Iowa, Florida, we had some London sales and it's like, wow, this is just some, you know, idea I had while I was riding my bike to Venice yeah. on the strand. And, you know, I just wanted to change and then someone wanted a shirt and then 10 people ordered one. And mm -hmm. it's just, um, I can kind of, guess what you're feeling like when yeah, someone same thing. you know reacts to your music or it's you know just something you had in your head at one day you know yeah. and now it's just out there for everyone to know about and they can interpret it how they want uh, what that's a good question what do you guys want people to i mean you have a sad song you have a happy song what do you want them to take away from your guys music or seeing you perform other than being just entertained i i'm sorry I'll no, go ahead i think yeah. as a 
somebody in the art world, the only thing you can ask for is, or the only thing that I want to accomplish is that if you love this music and you love what you're doing, just to get people to feel that, you know, it's all about making people feel something. And when you know you have somebody captivated and you have them feeling some kind of raw emotion, that's it. Like if I, I can, that. if I can make that happen, if I can mm-hmm. make somebody out there feel exactly like how how gritty and how crazy it feels inside of my body, that's that's the best. It's pure and organic too, and I'm sure for some of the people Drew's written for, or any of you, that it's you know they're singing your song, and it's I, I wouldn't. It's not the same, you know. Like Justin Bieber, I don't. You know, <laughs> what's, who's the guy that writes all Adele's music? Max, what's his name? Um, oh, uh, really Max song. Martin. Yeah, Max Martin. I mean, he writes you know a whole slate of pop stars. Taylor music. Swift, Katy Perry. Mm. Yeah, he's mm. he's kind of the the That's man. A lot of people across America don't even understand that you know these people that are on they're getting Grammys tonight. They probably seventy five percent of them didn't even write the music they're getting. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Ten ghostwriters and um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean the, the authenticity also. That's you know, I think a lot of your fans would probably you know they believe you. It's real music. It's mm-hmm. real. You know, it's a, just a. It's good. Oh, well, <laughs> they believe you. Yeah, they believe you more than yeah. you know. You're not just going out there and dancing around. You know, being a spectacle of yourself or, yeah, yeah. you know, getting naked on Instagram to get followers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, my that's my purpose. new thing. But that's the best app. But the rest of us don't. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of adding to what Jackie was saying. You know, being able to share that moment, that 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 hour and a half or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it only happens there. It's only that live moment between you and the, and the folks in the room. And there's something just priceless about that. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fun. And, and hearing hearing people respond that, you know, God, that I just felt so good after leaving the show. Or you guys had such great vibes. Or I felt great energy. If You know, if, if we can all together, because it takes the people in the room, too, mm-hmm. to create mm-hmm. that energy. But we can all share in that moment. I think that's that's what is just so fun about it. Yeah, That's amazing. You know, what um, you guys are working on the third record now? Is yeah, that the name of that? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> no. What's the uh, driving force behind this one? I think f- uh, feel good. Uh, well, so the last one we did some feel good, but we, we have some more up tempos. Like yeah. yeah, we're kind of getting a little bit, a little edgier mm-hmm. on this one. I like and that. Yeah, like there's that. some a fun, a little more tempo. Yeah, a little yeah. more fun. You know, even even the uh, easy times. Records a, a bit reflective and pensive, and 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 not that this one's not going to have those moments, but we we kind of go a little bit uh, more to the fun kind of yeah. wild side on this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm playing all the guitars on this yeah. album too, which is <laughs> also really a change. big change. Yeah, we decided Preston needed to practice a little bit more. So. <laughs> Have you ever thought about bringing outside instruments in? Strings, uh, maybe. I have any strings on uh, Marie. We did, yeah. We had actually uh, the cellist who plays with Brandy Carlisle on Wayside, Um, right? Yeah, he played on Wayside, and he played on uh, a number of songs. He played on Marie. Um, Was there? there There's a few songs he played on. I forget. There's another one. Some, I think, some of it got cut in the mix, but he played on a bunch of them. I just remember which ones. Yeah, I think that more instruments would be good. Do you yeah. guys record at your house and then kind of move into the studio? Uh, or do you do your studio at your house? Well, the first album we did at Bear Creek up in Washington. Yeah. And then we, we lost our shirts financially. <laughs> so we were like, wait a minute. Two of us, are, uh, Preston and I are both producers and engineers. And so we, we thought, you know, he's a better engineer than I am. But um, mm-hmm. we, we, we kind of decided to do this one on our own. Yeah, and I noticed that at Sunset Sound all the time because a lot of bands... You know, it's all a DIY. Everyone can do everything at home. Um, you know, vocals are sometimes well. Actually, they'll do the vocals at sunset, mm-hmm. or even just have a, ma- a track mastered there, so they can say it was done at Sunset Sound. Uh, mm-hmm. so, right, you didn't record anything here, but you know. Um, what's your favorite studio here in LA? East West Sunset that you've worked in? Oh man, there's such ambience about the, to them all. I really like. I mean, I like the Village. Oh yeah. Yeah, I like all the history there, and I, I was working there one day. Um, and uh, Elton John and Coldplay were in the building at the same time. I was just in a small like side studio doing a pop session, but 
you know, I, I stood outside with the valet uh, as Coldplay retrieved their matching Teslas, and it was just kind of a fun, <laughs> fun moment. <laughs> Tell me you made that up. I no, did not make no, that up. No, <laughs> I didn't see Chris, but I saw the rest of the band. We were all just kind of standing out there. And My pickup truck would have looked real nice. <laughs> <myself. laughs> have you... Uh, his ex-wife has a candle out that smells like her vagina, Gwyneth Paltrow. What? Really? What? For goop. You don't know that? It's, they, that took, a, they took samples? I, How would you like to be that guy? Get the wait, samples. is this for real? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Gwyneth Paltrow's <laughs> vagina. That's what it smells like. Well, I know what Preston's going to buy on his way home. Next time I come to your there, house, yeah. I'm going to be like, God, <laughs> it smells a little bit like Gwyneth Paltrow's <laughs> vagina in here. <laughs> Pope. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's not a joke. Or I can't a, wait to light Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. She has a <laughs> company, Goop. And, <laughs> yes, she does. Uh, right. I guess that's. I thought it was like a makeup company. Went. I don't know. Well, it, it's like wellness, okay. health, wellness, and <laughs> wow. vagina. Vagina. Is there anything that shocks you though in this day and age anymore? I mean, they well, can say anything. <laughs> well, I mean that <laughs> that 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 did it right there. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she just How do you explain that one to the kids? Like, you know. This is my <laughs> candle. I don't think you do. Mom's candle. Mom's candle. Yeah. Wow. How do you guys feel about, you know, I was just thinking about, um, you know, it has to be shocking anymore to, everything's clickbait. You scroll through social media, it's just, you know, inaccurate headlines regarding, mm-hmm. regarding politics or a celebrity or anything. And, it's just like the more shocking it is. And I think that comes back into like people's personal accounts, even for like social media, they feel like they, you know, maybe somebody, some guy's got a shirt off showing his abs and then, you know, a girl will show part of her breasts and then she's got to be fully naked on the next one. It's like, we just have to keep outdoing ourselves. And it's Mm. like, it's almost the, you know, the trendsetters of this, maybe the Kardashian effect kind of, it's just, we have to keep getting more crazy. Right. Um, And it's sad that it's, it really affects like the youth more than anybody you know mm-hmm. these there's like 13 year old girls that are you know morphing their bodies and have mm-hmm. 28 filters on so they can look you know like they're 20 years old and um you know it's, it's that's that's what's like cool right now though you know it's cool to like make yourself not yourself i mean i don't know what i'm trying to say yeah it's, uh, it's yeah I think that's what's been kind of refreshing for me about the Dales is that there's just really no frills and gimmicks. Like it's yeah. just we just play the songs. We're too old for that. We're too old for it, and <laughs> we're over it. And and there's there's not any uh, there's no secrets. There's no the newest uh, addition to our neighborhood is Black China. So she lives four houses up from me, and it's I mean I. Yeah. Oh my God. My kids will walk to school. I'll be like, well, they're like, well, what does Black China do? And I'm like, well, she was a stripper, and then she uh, had a Kardashian baby, and I, I'm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> might have to edit this part out. <laughs> She's gonna egg my house now. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. But it is kind of what our society is now. Yeah, that, that's but that's worth thirty million right to, there. Yeah. You know, you have kids. No, I hope yeah. to maybe one day have kids. To well, you told Tone three years. Right? I said three years, three and years, it's yeah. now it's out there, so he's going to hear this. No pressure, yeah, no, <laughs> no pressure, Tone. <laughs> I think it just puts the the great art though and music and everything else in a shadow when this stuff's being highlighted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. it's there's a lot know. of but there's a lot of that stuff out there that you, you know you might have to go seek it. Yeah, we were talking earlier about you were talking about uh, Tweety's. Book. Jeff Tweedy's okay. autobiography. Oh, I, I know what I'm reading tonight. <laughs> yeah, we just I, a mutual friend of ours um, had tickets to or, or is family friends with him, and she was like, "Hey, do you want to go see him at the Largo?" And I'm, you know, it was a Wilco fan. But it was never like a huge Wilco fan. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll go. And it was just him and an acoustic guitar. Yeah, and uh, it was like one of the best shows I've ever seen. I actually went I, love Jeff yeah, I mean, it, it was just so cool, and that it was like no, there were no frills. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I think with that one, it was just like one microphone in front of him, mm-hmm. and uh, just a, it was just really. We were talking about this great. earlier that it, my, one of my favorite records um, of all time is uh, is uh, a Muzzle Bees off of the uh, Ghost Is Born album. Ghost is Born. It, the production on it still floors me, and I found recently a, a live video of Wilco playing that song and they did every part there must have been 10 of them in the room to create recreate that song just like it is on the record 
and there was like five guitars. I mean, they, but they did it live. <laughs> oh, really? It was so cool, yeah. and it sounded it was amazing. But. Yeah, their their whole band. Um, I've been a huge fan of them. I mean, they've been in the game for twenty five years, and then Uncle Tupelo was his band before mm-hmm. that. They have a uh, their writing space is called the Loft in, yeah, uh, in Chicago. Chicago. There's yeah. an amazing documentary. Uh, it's actually the title track off of A Ghost Is Born. I am trying to break your heart. Right, is the name of the doc and that thing. It's about uh, Jay Ferrar. Yes, well, there's a Jay. Oh, Jay Bennett's in the band. He's the bassist. Yeah. Jay Ferrar, uh, who actually passed away, rest in peace, uh, was in Wilco, and it's his departure happened during the recordings of uh, A Ghost Is Born. Mm. Okay, or maybe it was Yankee Hotel, but. Um, yeah, I love documentaries, and that one's you can see it on YouTube. Actually, I was just going to ask you, is it on? Okay, mm. cool. Yeah, um, his, but yeah, his whole persona, his uh, openness—you know, another very authentic singer-songwriter. I mean, uh, interviews he's done, everything he's got cataloged for songwriting. He's like, I got 400 songs, I can just jump in, and yeah. maybe that's—is that how it is for you as well? You oh. Just have these songs. You can maybe, if you need it, if I call you up today and say, you know what, I need. Kind of a bluesy, kind mm. of popish song. I don't know if that goes together, but if I call you, <laughs> it, a lot of times do you not write one fresh. You're like, you know what? I got something that I already wrote because it's the same thing, isn't it? I mean, we we did that actually. The three of us together. We had a, a friend of ours is a uh, um, does a lot of uh, film scoring, and he's kind of he's been having a lot of success with uh, uh, DreamWorks and and uh, Paramount. And anyhow, there's a HBO show. Coming out later this year, and I, we still haven't heard whether we're going to be a part of this or not. But uh, anyhow, he needed a song, um, and uh, we didn't really have any post-apocalyptic songs in our catalog. Post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic folk. Post-apocalyptic, yeah, folk. <laughs> Post-apocalyptic folk, but I was like, you know, we could probably write one of yeah, those for the, you, buddy, and, and we, we did. We had a day off uh, at my parents' house. Yeah, <laughs> we were an off day on tour, but yeah. we wrote the wrote song. Wrote it in and, an hour and a half. And then we did the video for it, and then yeah. we tracked it that night. Yeah. And, and um, that's one of my favorites. I love that. Song yeah, we so opened much. our show yeah. with it at the Troubadour, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it um, yeah, the the director of that show hasn't cleared anything yet, but the uh, but Paramount liked it. Uh, but yeah, that was just an example of writing on the spot. You know, sometimes you just need a reason to to do it. I tell <laughs> friends, maybe you'll agree with this. Um, I tell people to write with you know, that idea of getting a song placed. Because a lot of the great music I've discovered nowadays is because I saw it in a commercial mm-hmm. or in a film at a pivotal scene. And there's nothing like a visual aid to go with mm-hmm. a great, powerful song, especially like your guys' uh, beauty and your music would work, like I said at the beginning of this interview, would work well in anything. Um, well, we've had, I mean, we've had songs like right there oh, it's kind to of be stupid. placed. Like, and then it's just like, oh, we've We've come down to, it's like us and like another song. Yeah. And this has happened so many times now <laughs> that we're, but, but rather, you know, instead of being, you know, bummed about it, we're, we're, we're taking that as a, as a sign that maybe the next yeah. one's going to, going to, going to go. One of those is going <laughs> to catch, right? <laughs> yeah. What's the touring going on right now? Are you guys going out on regional or? We're going to the East Coast, baby. Yeah, okay, you got mm-hmm. East Coast days coming up. E- yeah. Yep. Want to plug some of those? What, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Saturday night in New York City. Yeah. We're yeah. pretty excited I'm coming about for that. that. Yeah. March 7th, Rockwood. What's going on down in Georgia? We're playing Eddie's Attic. Oh, that's a legendary spot. Legendary spot. Yeah. We're really excited yeah. about that show. Mm-hmm. We're having David Ryan Harris on, uh, John Mayer's guitar player, singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. um, he that he like built that place. You know really? I mean? Yeah. Wasn't John Mayer's a big force down there too? Wasn't he? Oh, huge! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Eddie's attic. Wow. Yeah. That's he a, did his Room for Squares album down there in Atlanta. Uh, I think. Yeah. Well, any given Thursday too. That was a live the, recorded the album. There, yeah. Um, is there a Fox Theater downtown Atlanta? I think so. Yeah. George is popping off right now. The film community. You can. A movie that's cost twenty million in California, you can go shoot it for eight million down there. Right. And Tyler mm-hmm. Perry just built a big studio, and uh, my mom lives on an island down there, St. Simon's Island, and Ozark films there. Which I was is, just going to say Ozark. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I Wikipedia that <laughs> watching. It. I was like, where's this film? <laughs> I am in love with Ozark. Yeah. Me too. Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman rules. What the? F- I mean, dude, he's seriously awesome. man crush on this guy. Arrested he Development. <laughs> I just love him. He's a new show on HBO too, right? That just came out um, called uh, Outsider or something. Anyone know? Mm. Uh, But he's uh, the bad guy in this. Uh, It just launched at HBO. I can't believe Ozark let him uh, 
Yeah, there's a new shows. Ozark coming out yeah. next month too. I'm like yeah, counting February, down the March. Days. <laughs> counting down the days. Such great writing, acting. Um, the the first episode of the first season of Ozark, where the wife's cheating on him, and mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so good. Yeah. yeah, the cartels after him. Yeah. It's like what? The, it's like, what what is this show? On? Yeah. Um, the guy gets thrown off the the Aqua Tower in Chicago. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Georgia. Um, all right, well, let's move on to love, politics, religion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who are we voting for in 2020? Uh, I'm going to excuse myself. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> yeah, right, nobody. <laughs> They're all crooks. <laughs> <laughs> They're all crooked. Wow. Guys, I really appreciate you coming in today. Yeah, um, of course. It's yeah, an amazing talk. Us. This was so much fun. It's good to see you again. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, uh, yeah. It's been a few years, and yeah. I, um, I definitely want to come on to that show in uh, New York. March 7th, yeah. Rockwood. Let us know. We'll put you on the list, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you get in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. What, um, oh, is there any LA dates besides uh, the Troubadour? Was that just kind of a one-off that you had wanted to do? Because you guys played the Troubadour uh, a couple two years, years ago, ago yeah. right? Right, yeah. I was at that show. Was that with Mark Broussard or was that solo? That, that was, was with uh, Skylar Day. So we just did the same um, bill. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of it was like a two-year, kind of almost of the day. Yeah. Um, For those that don't know, the Troubadour holds maybe what, 700? 500. 500. 500. Yeah. 500. Yeah. But probably the legend, most legendary spot in Los Angeles. Mm. It's mean, incredible. It's it was amazing. The sound was nuts. And mm-hmm. it was that definitely a real treat. We, we love playing there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John Lennon's banned from there for life because right. he threw bottles at the Smothers Brothers. <laughs> yeah, I, we, heard, we heard that story. <laughs> and that's just insane. <laughs> <laughs> He was, uh, when he left Yoko, he had a, he came over here and lived in Marina Del Rey with the other right. girl, Tran something, uh, Tran Pack. Oh, wait, no, that's from Mean yeah. Girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Regina George and Tran, Tran Pack. No, yeah, they, uh, Yoko said, go right. have your fling. And during that period, he was just boozing, drugging, and yeah. he, they banned him from life. <laughs> wow. And this is like 1973 or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe a little later, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you banned John Lennon. I guess we throw bottles at anybody. Yeah, you yeah, might get banned. We are up in Napa, though, California. Oh, yeah. We're in Napa the 20th of 20th. February. February. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's a random show. that There's a radio station up there that's been playing us 28 times a week, which is... So we, for us, that's a lot. For us, that's like, I mean, <laughs> we're like, why? <laughs> why are they playing it? So, but they've been playing easy so time. They're, they're playing, playing easy, easy time. time so so mm-hmm. we, were, we booked a show up there to see if that translates, um, if anybody's actually listening to the <laughs> station and wants to come see us. Yeah. What's the new single off of uh, Easy Times called? It's called uh, Homesick Summertime Anthem. <laughs> I have a really hard time getting that right yeah. every time I say it. I yeah. keep thinking of Homesick Subterranean Blues. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's similar. Track. Yeah. Is that Radiohead or Dylan? That's Dylan, right? I think I, I don't know. John is in the basement working on the medicine. Yeah. Now Dylan. On the payment. Dylan. If That's it was Radiohead, Drew would know. Yeah. Well, the Dylan. thing about Radiohead is I'm a huge fan and I know all the songs, but I don't really know any of the names of any of the songs <laughs> because yeah. they, they usually don't correspond with the actual <laughs> song. I'd love to hear your guys' harmonies on a Radiohead track. Oh, that could that happen. Cool, yeah. Yeah. There's a, actually a great Radiohead song when Jason Bateman's going to jump off of the and kill himself in the first or second episode of Ozark. Yeah. And instantly you know it's Tom York, but it's uh, such a powerful um, track right in that scene. Oh, I can't remember the name. I think it's off of Rainbows or something. Yeah, that's one of my favorite albums. Like we should do a three-part harmony version of, uh, of uh, House of Cards. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> that would be a cool. That would actually be cool. Yeah. That whole album's amazing. There, uh, there is a very cool, all the percussive. That song, nude. Oh, you played that for me in the car. Oh my god. Home That's a tour. yeah. We have kind of like a, we're a bunch of repeater rabbits on the <laughs> on the road. It's like the same songs keep getting played. Yeah. Rosanna gets played fifteen times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much. Sure, you guys are going to play a few songs for us? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for having us, Thank too. you for having also, us. Also, let's uh, plug the social media. It's the, yes. what's oh, the, the Instagram? Band. At the Dales Band. Yeah. And that's At the, the Instagram? Band. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yep. then uh, dalesband.com. The dalesband.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then hashtag, I was uh, I put something up for you guys, and it's I, there's already one up there, the Dales Band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Great. And if you are a 47-year-old um, retired 
uh, ex Backstreet Boy or O Town member, um, <laughs> and you need a song written to come back yeah. to life. Here we go. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you so much, guys. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. It's been cold in California And I'm always waiting for you to come back home Feel it in my soul Like a jacaranda blooming And I wonder what you do to come back home Zero Breathe.